When will we know if Cam Rising is going to start against the Florida Gators? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcasts. This is your first time listening to our show. Make sure you guys like and subscribe. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. You can go to birddogs.com slash college or enter the promo code LockedOnCollege for a free white tech hat with any purchase. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. My name is JT Wister, so former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And on today's show, we are going to be breaking down our breakout players. But first, got to talk the latest on Cam Rising's recovery, the biggest story when you talk about the Utah football team. And in order to help us do that, it's Michelle Bodkin of KSL Sports. And Michelle, when talking about when will we know if Cam can play against the Florida Gators, I honestly think this will be something that will drag out until game day itself. Is there a chance next week that comes out that breaking Cam will miss the first game or Cam will play the first game? Yeah, but this feels really reminiscent of me of 2020 when we were all like, who's going to be the starter, Cam or Jake Bentley? I think it was. And then Cam was the one who jogged out there. And I believe it was earlier that day. I think it was Steve Bartle of 24-7 Sports who did report that Cam was going to be the guy, if I remember correctly. But we didn't find out until the day of. And I think that'll be the case. I don't think we're going to find out because – and I'll talk about why I think Kyle Whittingham wants to keep that close to the vest kind of in a second. But I just think that it's going to be a secret either until we see whoever's jogging out there with the first-team offense when it's it's game, like the first drive or just the day of the game something will leak out. But how do you see the situation playing out? Yeah, I I absolutely agree with you on that. And it's just, it's kind of been a pattern with Utah football, right? I mean, you mentioned 2020, uh, the same thing happened in 2021 when it was, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, I lost his the name. Charlie, Charlie Brewer. Yeah, tra- Charlie Brewer. Yeah. I was, is it going to be Cam or is it going to be Charlie? And then Charlie trotted out and it was like, okay, guess it's Charlie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's, uh, I, I think there's a level, I mean, they say that there isn't, but I think there's a level of gamesmanship here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's, if you listen to what was talked about on Monday with Kyle Whittingham and compared to what was said in some Friday's availability the week before it's, they've now made it possible that all three could end up playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like really, truly, because mm-hmm. you have, you have Ludwig talking about, Cam's still day-to-day. He's still limited. You have him then kind of inserting his confidence in Bryson Barnes and then sort of saying that Nate Johnson's really benefited from mm-hmm. having the extra reps because Brandon Rose is out. And then you fast forward to Monday's availability with Whittingham, and all of a sudden Bryson and Nate are neck and neck, so mm-hmm. they're tied for the job, and Cam is no longer limited. He's progressing. So it, <laughs> what does it mean? I don't know, but <laughs> it's 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 one of those things. I I think there, I think there's a, a level of they don't themselves know because I think Cam still is you know it it is in mm-hmm. flux and it's whatever the medical staff tells them and they're going by what the medical staff is saying at the moment. But I also think, again, there's there's that level of they maybe know a little bit more and it's it's mm. the, you know, just guess which one we're going to trot out there and maybe we'll trot all three out there. Who knows? 
Yeah, it's definitely hard to follow. And props to you for kind of laying it all out. It is difficult to keep track of. It's kind of like the it's always sunny in Philadelphia meme where Charlie Day is the board and you're like trying to draw the connections between yeah. everything. It's like this person said this, <laughs> this person said that. So what does it all mean? That, that's what it's very difficult to digest overall. And one of the things that does just make this so complicated is Kyle Whittingham has always been very secretive mm-hmm. when it comes to his quarterbacks, as we both discussed going back to 21 and 2020. And it's something that he even mentioned. He said that um, he just feels like it's one of those things where they're keeping it close to the vest because he doesn't know if it's an advantage, but just because there might be, he said, that's just something like he doesn't feel like there's a reason to divulge it overall, which is obviously different than what Florida, the approach they took where they did name totally. Graham Mertz, the starter, which that one to me, always, it always seemed like it was going to be Graham Mertz. Cause the other, even though Graham is not the best college football quarterback, he's always been the most proven commodity that the Gators had versus there's no, if it's not for Cam's health, there's no kind of mystery surrounding who would be the starting quarterback at Utah. Mm-hmm. Far and away be camp, but there is. So overall, as for why they're keeping this kind of mysterious like that, well, number one, obviously, is what we both discussed. They don't know with Cam's recovery and everything like that. It still sounds like there's a chance he could be healthy in time for the Florida game. Originally, they wanted him to be able to practice and do all this other stuff. But as it gets closer and closer, I wonder if that'll change a little bit. And they'll be like, ah, he was full go in practice. We'll trot him out there. So that's one thing just in general. But I think the other is even if they know, let's say in some world, they do know that Cam's not going to play. I do think there's an advantage to just not divulging who it's going to be. It's kind of like when you're studying for a test. If you know, like the cam rising part of the test is not on the test. You're not going to spend as much time studying for that. You're going to focus on watching the Bryson Barnes games. And I do think there's a similarity preparing for cam and Bryson just in terms of the similarity for how the offense looks. Mm-hmm. But then when you factor in the Nate Johnson equation, that's when it totally changes to me because of his ability running the football, because of how prolific this Utah offense was and his limited opportunities running it. I think you would see a totally different game plan and just something you have to spend time preparing for. If you don't know what's going on with Cam, you spend more time preparing for Nate Johnson because Utah could easily do a thing where Bryson is the starter, but on every single drive, I'd be surprised if it's every single drive, but there's a possibility they're <laughs> trotting Nate Johnson out there because mm-hmm. of the threat he has with his legs overall. So I do like the decision to keep it close to the because every little bit of time I do think the Florida Gators spend, they have to prepare just for all these different possible outcomes rather than narrow their focus to, we know this is going to be the starting quarterback. So I think it's a smart move by Kyle Whittingham. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't blame him. And and again, yeah, it is kind of one of those things you don't know maybe for for sure, for sure, if, if it's an advantage or not. But mm-hmm. if no one's making you say, then why bother? You know, you you're hoping that they, they will, they'll be a little stressed about it and wanting to make sure that they're kind of prepared for everybody. And, and in doing so, you know, are they really prepared for whoever trots out there? Yeah. You know, cause you're having to split your time three ways uh, for three different people that do some similar things, but I mean, they each kind of have their own style and their own flavor as to how they run this offense. And and on top of that, you're kind of adding, yes, like Bryson's played a little bit, but I mean, he's honestly a bit of an unknown too, because the game plan has never really been for him. He's always gone thrown into bad situations uh, and just kind of had to deal with it. And even that Wazoo game, like that, that wasn't a game plan that was really tailored to him. I know he got some practice reps, but they were still really thinking that Cam was going to go in that game. And it wasn't until 20 minutes before that it's like, you're up kid. So, you know, I, we've never seen Bryson run this offense really, except for in spring ball with a plan that's tailored to him. So what, what does the offense really look like when Bryson's fully the one in charge? He is QB one. Don't know. And the same with Nate Johnson. Like we've seen some plays drawn up for him, but like, what does that mean overall when he's running the offense? Like we just don't really know. It's a small sample size. So 
you know, it, it, it adds a level of confusion. And then of course, like we all know what cam does. There's Mm -hmm. maybe some questions as to, will he do everything he typically does because he is coming off of that knee. But I mean, for the most part that, you know, that's a guy that that's the devil that, you know, Mm -hmm. there's two devils that you don't know. Yeah. That's a very good point. Now, it's very interesting, just the whole situation. I, I love the point you made about the Washington State game as well, because we do talk about, like, that's Bryson's start, but it wasn't supposed to be his start. It was a very last-minute kind of thing that set uh, everyone, including the Fox broadcast booth, and uh, kind of just a, a little bit of a stir overall. But um, the nice thing for this Utah football team is it's a really talented roster, loaded with really great players that we expect to be great, right, when you're talking about a Brant Keithy coming back or a junior Tafuna that he had. But there's also guys that are kind of under the radar a little bit, especially nationally. Maybe some of the Utah fans are going to know these guys, or mm-hmm. they will know the guys we're going to talk about in a second. But we're going to hit on the guys we think are really going to break out in the 2023 season up next. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at Bird Dogs. Bird dogs make you look good. A bird dog stretchy khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts are the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made with a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I wear my bird dogs to record this podcast and week zero is coming up. Bird dogs is what I'm going to be watching in all the glorious football action overall. And they're a great free gift you can get as well. Once you do the locked on promotion by going to birddogs.com slash locked on college, and you can enter that promo code locked on college for the free white tech tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter promo code locked on college for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, Michelle, when talking about breakout players, we're going to take turns drafting the players we think are going to be the breakout stars of this Utah football team. And I just really want to talk about this guy. So I'm going to take the first pick, Michelle. Okay. Um, I think Jaquindon Jackson, and I know everyone's like, well, he broke out towards the end of last season. Yeah, but we're the only ones who really talk about him. He mm-hmm. wasn't even available on the Pac-12 ballot to be voted for the preseason teams. Mm-hmm. I think nationally people are like, oh, yeah, he's back. He's, he's good, but. Kyle Whittingham just came out and said that Jaquindon Jackson is the guy in the running back room. And when you're talking about Jaquindon Jackson as well, you're talking about a guy who let's talk about what Jaquindon did last year, uh, 531 yards, average of 6.8 yards per carry and nine touchdowns on 78 carries. He nearly had as many rushing yards as Mackay Bernard, despite receiving nearly 30 less of the carries. And that was while not even training to be a running back during the all of fall camp and everything. He made the adjustment in the season. He was a quarterback against Southern Utah and then made the switch. And we saw him some against Arizona state and grew over the course of the season. And by the time we, the version of him we saw against Colorado and USC was just special and tremendous. So you're looking at it and you're like, okay, what can this guy do with a full off season? And I think it's going to be special things last year. He wasn't much of a, pass catching back out of the backfield just something that's not familiar to his game he's mm-hmm. looked like he added that during the spring game overall the explosion the burst the quick cuts the strength i think he can go through or around guys he's a three down back um and you, you're going to be able to keep him fresh because you have the other guys too i think shaquindon's one going to be one of the five best running backs in college football i think he's going to have that type of a season and i am all in on the jaquindon jackson stock Yeah, well, and something else to consider, too, and Ludwig brought this up, I think it was in spring ball, that Jaquindon was still like their quarterback three. 
oh, uh, in case of emergency. So he was still learning quarterback stuff and being on top of quarterback stuff in case something went horribly, horribly awry. <laughs> so he wasn't even totally focused on being a running back just yet. Um, he was kind of balancing both kind of wherever he he was needed at that point in time. So, you know, this is, yes, he's had a full off season being a running back. It sounds like he's taken to it really well uh, based off of, as you mentioned, the la- especially the last few games of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just has a unique special talent uh, that I think is going to be better with the addition of just proper technique and mm-hmm. and not going off of god-given talent and on top of that he has a great backstory i mean that is a guy that has all the motivation in the world he's playing for someone other than himself um mm-hmm. several people other than himself yes. uh so you know you add you add in that kind of mystique mm-hmm. to someone with the kind of talent that he has i think he does have the potential to be very very special in that running back room and i think a lot of people are going to be scratching their heads and wondering why they missed him on all the preseason ballots uh but that's neither here nor there i think a couple of other guys we should maybe okay. consider uh for actually you know what i'll do something a little bit different here i will go okay. with an offensive lineman let's go Ooh. spencer fano I think has okay. the potential to be a breakout. Uh, Kyle Whittingham the other day just spoke very highly of him and his ability uh, to to be able to make an impact already as a freshman at the tackle position, which is something that Utah does not typically do. Uh, I, you know, he he made a comparison to, and not that he plays exactly like Jordan Gross, but just like has the maturity and and the ability to come in as a freshman like Jordan Rose did and do some good things. And that's a huge, huge compliment. I mean, that's a Hall of Fame NFL mm-hmm. guy. And, and it sounds like Spencer has the opportunity to be in that same kind of conversation and trajectory as a freshman. It does. And uh, what was it, Michelle? Preseason on three all freshman team today, I think I saw. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Yeah. Um, I, the, the crazy thing about Spencer is I, I just, I didn't think he was going to be one of the starters for this team up front. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems like the wins for that have started to shift. I, I'm still, I, I'm still skeptical a little bit just because of the guys they have returning, but mm-hmm. do you, do you think he's going to be starting against the Florida Gators? I think he could, uh, mm-hmm. but if not, I, it sounds like they feel comfortable with him, you mm-hmm. know, whenever, whenever they need to call his number. So I mean, yes. that that's huge. And, and we've seen in the past, like, Utah has had to fill in their offensive line, you know, throughout the season with other guys uh, as injuries creep mm-hmm. up because it just it's it's unavoidable. It's, someone's going to get hurt. And so you have to kind of shift around and find the next best five. Um, so, you know, the fact that they feel comfortable, even with Spencer being that guy that, hey, mm-hmm. like maybe something happens and we have to shift things around and then we can plug them in there and it'll be just fine. Um, I, I think is huge. I absolutely agree. And um, yeah, it's it's unreal that a freshman offensive lineman is at this point. It's just very rare in college football. But I think if you're to say, okay, well, who could do it? It's a guy like Spencer Fano who has his, his technique was so good. And because he got here early back in the spring, I think he's been able to get up to the strength level where now he has a legit shot to be one of the starters, or at least we're going to see a lot of him throughout the season. So I, I love that pick by you. Um, I know my breakout, my thing on the side says offense, defense, but I'm too excited to talk about this guy. So I'm going to jump a couple of offensive players and dive right into Lander Barton. I've said before on this show, I think by the end of the season, we will consider Lander Barton the best player on this Utah defense. And that is no slight to anyone else. I just think that's the kind of jump that Lander Barton is going to make this year. You know, last year, 26 tackles overall, or 26 solo tackles, but um, excuse me, 46 tackles overall. We saw the presence he had as a blitzer, four and a half sacks. 
I just think he's a guy who's just going to take a sophomore leap. A lot of people say the biggest jump you'll see in a college player is freshman to sophomore year. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I personally believe that's true. I think sophomore to junior year can sometimes be as well, but it's a massive jump regardless. And he already played as a freshman year. He's got the game experience. I think Lander's going to be everywhere. I expect him to be him or Corinne Reed, maybe Leavine DeMuni too. Those are kind of the three will vie for the leader in tackles overall. But I think he's just going to be all over the field, going right through offensive linemen, getting around them to take down running backs in the hole. I think he's going to be flying around, still be a strong blitzer for this team. And I, I just think he's going to be a remarkable presence for this team in the middle of the field. And I think he's going to be one of the best linebackers in the Pac-12. Yeah, uh, I had a conversation with Colton Swan the other day, and uh, he, he just said he he's kind of, I think, kind of the way that we're talking about Spencer Fano, that that's Lander Barton. I yeah. mean, he he came in as a freshman. It was a little rough, like Florida was maybe a big mm -hmm. ask for, for a freshman right off the yes. gate, but he learned quickly. And, and that's mm -hmm. the thing, like he learned very, very quickly, kind of reminds me a little bit of what happened with Marcus Williams uh, mm -hmm. getting thrown into... I think it was that Washington state game. Someone went down. Yeah. I think it was like Tevin Carter that got hurt. And so Marcus Williams gets thrown in as a freshman, gets absolutely chewed alive by Washington state's air raid offense. Uh, and people were mad. I mean, they were mad, mad, mad. And it was kind of the same thing with Lander Barton. He took some bad cuts, uh, didn't play perhaps the best against mm -hmm. Florida. Uh, but then it was like, after that, just lights out and Marcus mm -hmm. Williams kind of had the same thing happen where it's just like the light bulb, like, yes, that first mm -hmm. go was horrible and like he looked bad, but it was after that, like he just learned, he absorbed and learned so much from that situation. And I think Lander did very much the same thing last year where something just clicked. It's like, okay, yeah, like that was not great, but I like, I learned so much from making all those mistakes and now I'm solid. And, and I think, you know, we're going to see another jump, like you said. Um, and, and I think Colton Swan kind of agrees with that. He, he's just a guy that between the pedigree, you know, the, the family of athletes and, and having people to kind of bounce stuff off of, uh, he, he just, and then just having the talent all on his own. Uh, he, he just has the ability, I think, to be a very special player for Utah and he, could end up, I don't know, maybe ending up being the best of the Barton bunch, which is crazy Ooh, to okay. say. But uh, so I like that pick. I will go with Sione Vaki. I knew uh, you were going to take him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, how how can you not? He mm. he kind of, in a lot of ways, like Jaquindon, started coming on a little bit strong towards the end of the season. I was like, oh, who's that guy? Mm. And, and maybe not a lot of people know him. He's also been missed on like all the preseason voting awards, whatever. I think he's going to be another guy that everybody's going to kind of sit back and be like, Whoa, how, yeah. how, how did we miss this guy? How, yeah. how did we not know that this guy was going to blow up? Uh, I, and so I think that's really exciting. And, and I think it'll be exciting to see how maybe Sione and Barton play off of each other too. I think there's some really good potential there. Yeah, I'm incredibly high on Sione as well. And I think he is, if you had to go like, okay, who's the breakout player for this team in terms of like Jaquindon, what he did last year, Lander, what he did last year, there was so much production to go off there. With mm -hmm. Sione, he just came on so strong late in the season, but still like even in more limited opportunities than a Jaquindon got, I feel like he's the guy that the national media especially is going to be like, okay, I've heard, I heard a couple of people mention Jaquindon. Yeah. I didn't hear anyone say anything about the Sione Rocky and, Obviously, people in the Utah market will be like, we know how special this guy was because it uh, seems like he's going to be in for a monster year overall. we got a few more breakout players we're going to be selecting. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at UCCU. 
Learn and Earn, the UCCU mobile banking app that pays your entire family to learn about money. Kids look to parents to become more financially literate. Parents don't always know the answers. Learn and Earn breaks down the financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games like quizzes and trivia. Every time a family member completes a topic, they earn points that occur and can be redeemed for gift cards like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and more. There's age-appropriate content for every member of the family who can compete against each other and track their progress on leaderboards. Learn and Earn is inside the UCCU mobile banking app, so play it anytime, anywhere. The more you play, the more you learn, and the more you learn, the more you earn. Learn and Earn, part of UCCU's award-winning Be Money Smart youth banking program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together. UCCU, love where you bank. All right, Michelle, coming back in. I love that you got Sione Vaki there. I think for the next guy, there's a couple other players on the board that I'm looking at, but I'm going to take Zamaya Vaughn. He okay. led this team in pass deflections last year. We know two years ago when with the Clark Phillips led the team in pass deflections, then the type of year he had after that. And no, Zamaya Vaughn's not going to be the next Clark Phillips. But I think he's going to be a really strong corner. I think he's going to be cornerback one. I think he's going to have that type of season. The length, the hips, the ability to stick with receivers on the outside. I think it's going to be really valuable in a conference where there's very good quarterbacks and, of course, very good receivers to cover on the outside. So I do think Zamaya is going to have a very good season. I expect he's another guy I think is a really strong opportunity to be named to that first team all Pac-12 defense because of his impact on the outside. And uh, I don't know, Vaughn Island. I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to figure out a good nickname for uh, Zamaya <laughs> on the outside, locking everyone down. But uh, I'm very high on Zamaya Vaughn, too. Yeah, I love that pick. He's shown flashes, I mean, really since I think 2021 when he got thrown in mm. as as Utah was starting to like go through every single yeah. one of their cornerbacks. And, and and he looked great. Him and Fabian Marks had their moments where they looked really, really good. And it seems like Zamaya's maybe moved a little bit ahead of Fabian at this point. Mm. Uh, again, good length, good size. Um, and I, I him and like Miles Battle – or, or mm-hmm. even JT Braun. I mean, that that's a good size cornerback yes. room. Uh, so I, I think that's going to be really fun to watch. I'm going to jump back over to the offensive side of the ball. I think we need to talk about Micah Pittman here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he he's kind of a known commodity, and I think he's shown flashes everywhere he's been. I think he has yet to really show that he's the guy. And it sounds like Utah really likes what they're seeing out of him, that he's bringing an element that they haven't had in a while. uh, And he maybe has the potential to be a bit of a breakout star for him, maybe be that first 1000 yard receiver since Drez Anderson. uh, And and maybe, maybe, you know, entice some other wide receivers, big name wide receivers that, Hey, you can come here and get some touches too. It's, it's been a little bit of a process Mm -hmm. for Utah that's been like the one area that they still need to kind of improve. And it sounds like Pittman maybe, maybe could be the answer to help unlock everything in in that room and and get that side of the ball going. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's going to be interesting to see. He definitely could be the thousand yard guy. It'll be between Brant, Devon and him, like who leads this team in receiving yards. The fact that Pittman's even in the conversation, I think, is, is pretty incredible. But I think he belongs about Money Parks, too. And money, yes, and Money Parks, great point as well for his ability to take the top off the defense. But yeah, Pittman's literally, by the way, Pittman, I had uh, Vaki Vaughn that Pittman was going to be the next guy who was going to break out as well. So I think Pittman's another great selection there. Um, as for just other guys in general, like I think those are, those are kind of good for our picks overall. Those are the main mm-hmm. guys. But honorable mentions I would go with. 
is uh, I'm looking at the defensive line, the combination of Jonah Ellis, who only had three sacks last year, but it felt like he had a lot more than I know. That. It I felt like he had on. more. It did. And I feel like he's going to be creating more pressure. He's going to get off to a hotter start this season. And I just think he's going to be a main presence in opposing teams backfield. And I think same thing with Peppa. I think he'll get mm -hmm. off to a big start for this season. We have heard about injuries along the defensive line. So we don't know, like, if some of these guys get injured early on, sometimes that can derail their season. But assuming yeah. health, I think Pep with his interior presence and the push he provides from the pocket, I, I just think it's remarkable. So I think both those guys could be in for really big years. Those are kind of be the main guys too. I think another guy, Falcon Kalmatule, is going to have mm -hmm. a chance to break out for this team at left tackle. He's the biggest question mark I still have. I want to see how he's gonna he's gonna do overall. And I think Nate Ritchie could like re break out potentially. You know, we don't know what kind of year he's in for. Coming back from the mission, didn't really get going in the spring, but we've heard he's starting to look. Look like the Nate Ritchie of old from some recent quotes. So mm -hmm. I think he's another guy that could do some things. And I didn't have like a Leavani Dumuni out here just because of how exceptional he's been for Stanford. I expect him to be really good for Utah <laughs> overall right right away. But um is there any other names you you look at and you're like, I, I think he could really break out this season. You know, this is gonna sound really funny, but I think Cole Becker, the the kicker. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I cool. you know that that's something that I think Utah's also been lacking a little bit the last few seasons. Uh, and now that they've had to rely on it too much, but I think having a more reliable kicker in those instances, which it sounds like Cole is bringing that for the team, uh, you know, could be huge in some of those tighter contests where, you know, maybe you in years past they they've counted on Cam and crew, you know, maybe you eliminate some injuries by just saying, you know what, we'll just take the three points in this situation because we know that Cole can hit this and not worry about it. Whereas, you know, in the last couple of years, it's been a little, it's been a little iffy. And, uh, and so I think they've maybe gone for it on fourth and whatever, uh, a lot more than maybe they would have in the past. And they've walked away a couple of times without points, even though they've been in the red zone. So I think I think if Cole Becker can can do what they're saying he's doing in practice, I think that could be huge for this team. I absolutely agree. I think for who's like the most underrated guy on this team, at least that I've the most underrated addition, it's probably is Cole Becker and his ability to consistently hit from 40 yards, which is something to your point, this team was really lacking the last couple of seasons overall. So it's and the be... touchbacks too. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we we need some touchbacks. Just that ability to get it to the end zone. That was a big, <laughs> that's a big issue for this team last year. And I remember all the jokes that we heard from everyone overall too. So um, yeah, Becker is going to be a guy who has a really chance to break out too. But there's a lot of other players too overall. So let us know who you guys think in the comments is going to break out or the types of seasons you think some of these players are in for overall. And Michelle, it's still crazy. We're talking about a week from today when this episode drops. <laughs> it'll be a day before game day it, it's so great to have Utah football almost back if people want to get a little bit more caught up for the Florida game where should they head over to yeah go ahead and check me out at kslsports.com hit on the Utah Utes tab and most everything there is written by me have a little help every now and then uh and then of course for sure hit me up on I guess we're calling it x now so x, x instagram <laughs> and threads and it's all the same uh it's all the same calling card it's at Bodkin KSL Sports. Good deal. All right, Michelle, thank you for joining us. No problem. That's going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Utes, but we'll be back with you guys tomorrow talking more things Utah football.